The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. You know, it's coming up the holidays. We've got great things going on here at the radio station. Hope you'll follow us. We have the Santa Show each uh, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. And Christmas music is going to be start uh, playing more. But, you know, we also have Sumner County Spotlight right here. And we're going to entertain you because we have some talent in this studio. Believe it or not, she has a master's degree from Harvard. And... uh, (laughs) And, I mean, her resume even includes working for the U.S. uh, Department of State and helping to launch the Tennessee Promise Program made for community college so they get it free here in Tennessee. And I want to introduce you to Ann Buckle right here. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Man, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you come in here. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and she's a singer-songwriter. We're going to talk about, you know, her history and what she's all about. She released this song, that Firefly was what, about a year ago? In June. June. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, folks, I've probably listened to this song over 100 times, and it I can't stop listening to it. It just <laughs> doesn't so get much. old. Thank um, you. So, Anne, let's, let's kick it off. Let everybody know who you are, you know, what your story is. Yeah. I'm Ann. Um, I've been in Nashville for almost 10 years now. They say it's a 10-year town, so hopefully, (laughs) you know, my 10 years is coming up. But I'm originally from Peachtree City, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And my extended family came from kind of the hills and hollers of Tennessee and Virginia. My mom was from a little tiny town called Mountain City in the corner of Northeast Tennessee. And um, her mom was from Hilton's, Virginia, and was part of the Carter family. The Carters. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So I guess that would be, um, I'm trying to follow these things like niece, great niece, second removed great, whatever that is. So you're a great, great niece of of AP Carter. Carter. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. So my great grandfather was named Jim Carter and he was brothers with AP and Ezra and Ezra Carter, for anybody who knows their country music genealogy, um, was June Carter Cash's dad. So he actually married Maybell and that makes me also related to Sweet June, who I was lucky enough to know when I was little and my grandmother was about her age and they were best friends growing up in Hilton's. I mean, it's amazing the history we have here. And uh, of course, everybody knows the, the the Cash family, June and Johnny were here and yeah. uh, the Carters. I mean, in fact, uh, Mother Maybell is buried right next to them, yeah. right here at the Memorial they Gardens. They all lived here in Hendersonville. They did. That, it, it's just every day I'm, I'm just blown away. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much history here and you're a part of that. I mean, you, you kind of grew up with history. Yeah, I did. And most of my childhoods were spent in Hilton's, which is where they were all from before they kind mm-hmm. of made it big, you know, and they yeah. lived in a little one room cabin. Um, like my great grandfather, Jim and AP, all those guys were born in this little tiny cabin in, in the holler. And that's where, that's where I kind of had all my big musical influences as a kid playing old time and bluegrass music with my family. Yeah. 
of course, back then they called it hillbilly music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and the, the country music documentary was fabulous. It sure was. Because the Carters were such an, a, an extreme part of that initial history. They were. And you're part of it. You're continuing it. Yeah. You know what's neat about that documentary? So um, last fall during the pandemic, my husband and I spent an entire month actually recording uh, my new album in Hilton's, Virginia, back up behind the Carter family fold. If you go up Wildwood Flower Drive, can't make this up. (laughs) Um, At the very end of the mountain is um, a little piece of land that my grandmother owned from her dad. And my uncle, Mike Cornett, had actually built a cabin back there in the 70s. And unfortunately, my uncle passed away um, in the 90s and my aunt still had the cabin and invited us to come stay up there during the pandemic. Is so that we, where you recorded? I saw some some video yes. footage of you recording and it looks like it was a cabin. That's it. We recorded all the vocals on my new album there <laughs> and um, we actually watched the country music documentary on our iPads there during the month of October last year and so it was so cool to be in Hilton's watching the story of the Bristol sessions and thinking about how my family came from this little town and took however long it took them to drive to Bristol a whole wow. day's journey and yeah. it just felt I'm getting chills thinking about remembering um, us sitting there watching the documentary in Hilton's recording my record in my uncle's cabin it was a really special time wow I mean the memories that you got to have and, and the fact you, you you had video of that as well I mean that yeah because I tried I to get some video <laughs> well in your family there's a lot of video history even yeah. with you with a little tiny little baby running around and yeah that was that was pretty fun to watch yeah thank you <laughs> now what year was that um, which one? I'm so sorry. With the video, when you were little, I know you showed some footage of that, but... Uh, oh, yeah. there I showed some footage. There's a song I released this fall called Mountain City, which is a tribute great song. to... Thank you. Loved it. A tribute to the town I mentioned where my mother grew up, which is about 45 minutes from Hilton's, this whole area. And I put together a bunch of old home movies to kind of tell the story of this place and these special memories I had. And those would have all been like early 90s. Um videos wow. yeah. <laughs> so and it's it's so interesting to look back on that it's why I always tell people they you've got little ones you got to photograph and video like yeah. crazy because you'll look back on these it's like wow I mean that was something you know back and then. for me it's really bittersweet a, a big part of kind of my life is a little bit of tragedy I, I mentioned my uncle Mike passed away young he actually passed away in 1997 in a boating accident with my two cousins Paul and Daniel who were wow. 13 and 16 and I was nine at the time and so that footage has a lot of them in there and another uncle of mine Bugs who also passed away young when I was like 19 <laughs> pretty much all my biggest immediate musical influences who were my uncles from the Carter family side and my cousins who were the ones that first had me singing and playing and gave me my first guitar and violins all passed before I was an adult. And so looking back at that footage for me is especially bittersweet because it's some of the only memories I have of them um, are on those tapes. Well, and to me, it sounds like a, a song. You can make a song with, yeah. you know, with tragedy of things that happen in your life. I, I've, Probably I feel is. you. I feel you. The, the songs that you're writing, I mean, you pretty much do this yourself. And just, I mean, you co-write with some folks, too, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've definitely co-written a lot. Nashville's a co-writing town. Hello. And so <laughs> when I first moved to town, that's all I did. And most people, I feel like, start writing songs alone, usually. And then you move to Nashville or Los Angeles and you co-write, co-write, co-write. And sometimes you lose your voice in that. So for me, the last few years, I've really focused on finding that voice again. And I write mostly alone mm-hmm. um, for my new stuff. And and that just kind of helps me to stay focused on what I want to say. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and you do it quite well. You have Thank a way you. of uh, doing that. Now, there is a, an art to songwriting. I mean, yes. There's no question about it. And look how many of these, these famous songs, you, you listen to these words and how it's phrased and amazing. We just had Jerry Sally. In. Oh, yeah. Now, Jerry is an amazing songwriter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's working a lot with bluegrass and things like that right now. But he, he's just incredible working with other people as well because... Yes. He's just so established and has the history of writing. So he's got his, you know, way of doing it. Do you, and I asked him this, do you find you get inspiration from weird places? Absolutely. <laughs> also, Jerry, um, mentioning him bringing other people's work to life, he has produced m- some of my best friend's projects. They're called the Steel Blossoms, mm-hmm. and they're a duo, a Americana duo of two girls. And anyway, they they go way back. But yeah, inspiration comes from all different places. And it's funny you mentioned, like, you should write a song about your tragedy. I have. There's a bunch of songs that are yet to be released, but coming very soon that kind of address this. And I think it's still me processing some of mm-hmm. these emotions. And actually, I just played the Bluebird Sunday night. and. I played one of the new songs and I felt so connected, especially to my cousins, Paul and Daniel, and then my uncles, Mike and Bugs that I mentioned. I felt so connected to them singing it. And I kind of had this new revelation that I think performing used to be more about like, oh, I want people to see me or look at my songs or whatever. But now it's kind of like, my spiritual way to be connected to them, which Mm -hmm. sounds a little strange. But when I sing these songs that I wrote about them and share their story with people and share that emotion with people, it it keeps me tied to them and to my family that's that's passed. And I feel connected to June and John and all of Mm -hmm. them as well. And even AP, who I never met, but he was a songwriter. And when I sing these songs that I've written kind of grounded in that family and and the tragedy, I I don't know, I just kind of, I feel their presence. And that's kind of why I do it now, I think. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could have been a U.S. ambassador, or you could have done a lot of things, you know. <laughs> but you chose what your passion is. I did, and that's that's songwriting and music. I mean, that's where you have to lead. You know? I definitely chose heart over head. And we were talking before we were on air about that. When I was in college, I had done a few internships with the U.S. Department of State in Washington D.C. and in Paris, France. And it would have kind of been the easy hard path because that's certainly a hard path as well. But I could have chosen that, but instead moved to Nashville and decided to do this songwriting artist thing. (laughs) So what was one of the the first projects you wrote when you arrived here? Do you remember what that is? (laughs) Yeah, I was writing a bunch um, by myself at first and um, made a few demos at Nashville Demo Studio. Met this guy named Bobby Holland, who was producing all my early stuff. We became really good friends, and um, he ended up introducing me to my husband a couple years later, so he's responsible for that. Mm -hmm. But um, Bobby worked with me on my first EP that I put out in 2014, which was called Ann Buckle. It's still out. You can find it online, and that was my first project I did here. And you got a great website, too. Thank you. Let everybody know what that is. Thank you. I've got ambuckle.com and then we've got sheiswildwood.com. Over the last five years, I have gone by Wildwood and as a way to honor my family coming from their song, The Wildwood Flower. Yeah. And I, I read that and I said, well, that's really interesting. Because yeah. I wondered how it came up. Yeah. Oh, it's a wildflower, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of shifted. So I was Ann Buckle. I still am as a human. <laughs> um, but I was kind of moving into a new chapter musically. I think when I first moved to town, I felt very pressured to be country because that's what my family had been. That's mm-hmm. what my uncles had been. That's kind of what I knew. I'm a fiddle player. That's just what I had done. And I was releasing stuff that was trying to be country. And then over the next couple of years in town, I realized I had 
had so many other interests and musical styles that I love. And I was trained classically as a violinist growing up. And so, and then I went to college for music and I was trained classically in voice and in piano. And so I had all these classical influences and I also am a product of the 90s. I love pop music and all different genres. And so I started to kind of experiment incorporating different elements of music and not just country. And Mm. my first track that I released as Wildwood was called Moonrise, which is pretty far from country. It's like almost like a indie pop ballad. And it kind of took off and Spotify gratefully put it on a big playlist of theirs and then Wildwood stuck. And that was kind of the place where I played with genre bending and genre melding. In In the next segment, I want to talk about Fireflies because... yeah. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, I was just uh, looking here. I mean, you've been all over the world. 30 countries, four continents, yeah. uh, you know, Middle East, Asia. I mean, you're, how did you do that? I, love really to tra- at the I time. do love to travel. <laughs> um, my world travels started, I guess, with in college. I studied abroad in France and I speak French. I always wanted to. Um, we were talking about you've been in Orlando for a while. You yeah, live there. Yeah. Um, I actually fell in love with travel at Epcot at Disney when I was 13 years old. And I was like, I want to see the world and I want to live in France. And so I did. And I try to make it a goal every year to go to a new country. And sometimes that's thanks to my music I'm traveling. And other times it's just thanks to the ability to buy a plane ticket and go and see the world. Well, we'll just put you on tour with Carrie. I'll, I'll give her a call here. Hey, I'd be okay with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's pretty funny. So listen, the songwriting that you're doing now, are you currently with a label right now? I am currently with a label that's doing kind of distribution for me called okay. AWOL. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Let everybody know how that kind of a label works. I mean, when you're working as an artist with a label. Yeah, it depends. My deal is an admin deal. So they basically do all of the pitching for Spotify and the distribution. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's a little bit different than somebody that's fully signed to a universal or something like that. But I got into my deal through a boutique label deal, which was South by Sea. And basically, in my case, it's a label that thinks you're talented or have potential to make them money, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they sign you and your project and usually they own a piece of that or they own you in a a period of years. For me, I'm on a song by song contract. So they own 50% of the master of each song that I put out. So that's how my particular deal works. But well, you know, it's not like what Taylor just went through, right? You know, and having to buy back her entire catalog, but right, because money's not an object for her anyway. Right. (laughs) But now she's, you know, she's remastering these things and and making their making them tailored, making them her version. Right. That's cool. And they're really amazing, by the way. I, I was so in love with the first albums that I was a little bit worried if they were recreated yeah, they wouldn't yeah. have the magic but they yeah. have a new kind of magic and I'm I'm totally here for it well, <laughs> that's awesome we're going to continue talking about uh, your music when we come back we're going to go into our first break and we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights since 1906 FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com well, we're glad you found us this Sunday morning for Sumter County Spotlight. I'll be your host, Jeff Shannon, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Ann Buckle, and, or known as Wildwood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is Wildwood. You know, I guess you're in a constant state of always creating new projects, new ideas come in. Uh, what are some of the things you're working on right now? Yeah, so this 
fall, I just released an EP called The Woods, which includes five songs um, that are kind of more stripped down acoustic leaning Americana. And they are part of a broader album, which is actually my debut full length vinyl coming out this spring called Wildwood. Wildwood is a two sided thing. So we have The Woods and then we have The Wild Side, which is coming out this spring. And The Wild Side is more edgy pop production. So starting in January, we'll be releasing singles from that leading into another EP and then the full 17 song album. Look at you. <laughs> does your husband produce these for you? He does. Really? Yeah. I actually met my husband in 2014 in a recording studio on Music Row. He was um, in Sound Shop, which was a historic studio where Paul McCartney recorded mm-hmm. in the 70s. And unfortunately, it was torn down to build condos. I hate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he has built a new studio in an old building in East Nashville, and it's called South by Sea Studios. And that's where he makes music nowadays. So we yeah. work together on everything. Well, that helps. You feel comfortable, and he, he can say things to you that (laughs) and get away with it yeah and we had you know it's funny when we first met we met in a recording studio and we didn't work together for a while and he actually signed me to his label first (laughs) and um that's how i got in with my deal with them and then into awol and then it wasn't until we were married that we started working together because i think both of us were a little bit nervous to turn our personal relationship into a like i don't know business relationship (laughs) but now we do everything together and it's so amazing because he knows me personally and musically Mm -hmm. and vice versa. I work on a lot of projects that he produces as well as strings player, keyboard player, background vocalist, and I love to be in the studio with him. Amazing. Did I say his name? He's Brandon Metcalf. I don't know if I did. say it again. (laughs) He's Brandon Metcalf is his name and um, he's he's great. Does he have a website? He does, brandonmetcalf.com. How easy is that? Yeah, so easy. (laughs) And of course you're on Facebook and platforms and things like that. Yeah, you can can find me at She Is Wildwood. Yeah, folks, you got to go do that and then check out these songs. And I was going to mention a couple of these that I you have so many here. But how do you how do you keep up with and and remembering all the words to all these songs? I really struggle with that. Actually, I'm really bad at remembering lyrics. I, I couldn't rem- you know remember. You know, yesterday. there have been way too many shows where I make up new lyrics on the fly. Luckily, I'm pretty quick with songwriting, so I can do that and get away with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I it's hard. <laughs> so I, I noticed that the one. One song that you have is the Ring of Fire. Of yeah. Of course. What a what a I, I thought you did a great job on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. The cool thing about that song is a lot of people know it as a big Johnny Cash hit, but they mm. don't realize June, his wife, wrote it. And the first person to record Ring of Fire wasn't John, but her sister, Anita Carter, who was a fantastic singer. She was one of the greatest voices of 20th century, mm-hmm. I think. Kind of not as well known, but should have been. And Anita recorded Ring of Fire first, and it was this beautiful like ballad that was just so heart-wrenching and then it didn't really take off commercially so then Johnny Cash asked June and Anita is it okay if I record it and then of course he did and now we know it how we know it but I really wanted to bring back this female perspective and Mm -hmm. also tell the story that these two women really were the pioneers of the song and then Johnny Cash just kind of you know followed suit with what (laughs) they had done Um, and he's fabulous as well also but I I love people to know that Anita did it first yeah no that's that's a great plug right there and uh, right so, but you have like Moonrise. I mean, that, that I guess that came out in 2017. Yeah, that was the first song I did as Wildwood. Yeah. What was that about? Moonrise is actually exactly what it sounds like. I live in a, a apartment downtown Nashville that overlooks um, kind of the the skyline. And one night, I was sitting at my piano, looking out, and there was this huge full moon rising up over the horizon, over the the river. And I just thought it looked so ominous and interesting. And I thought, wow, Moonrise, that would be a cool song. And I kind of just started. 
messing with it and then nothing really came of that i just had the idea Mm -hmm. and then i had a co-write with a guy named brett boyette out in los angeles later that year and um, i brought that idea and we wrote it together wow see that's just how it comes up yeah just kind of random yeah which which (laughs) leads me into this the the firefly i had with I had no idea because I saw an interview that you did, you know, explaining uh, about this. And I had no idea about the life cycle of a firefly. Yes. So let's let's tell everybody about that. Give them that story. That's amazing. Yeah. So Firefly is a song I released in June of 2021. And um, it's a story that I had had in my head for a couple of years, actually. On I think it was NPR a few years ago. I heard a story about fireflies that they only live for 21 days as fireflies. And they're actually before that larvae in the ground for two years and so they don't have any light and they can't fly and I remember thinking wow 21 days three weeks that's just not a lot of time and they're so beautiful and they bring so much magic to the summer and I thought that'd be a really cool song but I didn't really know what to do with it I just kind of tucked it away on the shelves of my mind and then um, in summer of 2020 I got COVID from my best friend (laughs) (laughs) and um, I was quarantined for two weeks and I got pretty sick and it was scary And during that time, I kind of realized I'd been taking for granted so many things, Um, not releasing. I've written, if not thousands, probably at least a thousand songs by this point in my career, but I've only released, you know, a handful of Mm -hmm. those. And I kind of realized I hadn't been doing as much as I should have been doing with my life. And I'd let perfectionism kind of get the best of me. And so right when I was able to sing again, grab my guitar and the song just poured out. And it was a message to myself to not take your days for granted. And it was in summertime. So there were fireflies outside that I was looking at as I was writing it and just thinking about them and how they just kind of, you know, make the most of of their short time and we should too. So did you uh, call your friend and thank her for giving you COVID? (laughs) You know, I didn't, but I guess I should. It it really wouldn't, that song wouldn't have come out. And honestly, this whole album, I don't think wouldn't have come out if it weren't for me being sick, Mm -hmm. because it really gave me a new perspective on my days. And I really had been wasting a lot of my days just waiting for the perfect moment or the perfect time to record or the perfect song. And there's just no such thing and you just have to do it. You know, the fascinating thing about that is I look at fireflies totally different now oh wow i really do and oh, our, our backyard it butts up against like a wooded area so they're everywhere, everywhere. oh and my it's gosh just you just have to stop and just look and watch them and yeah. how they blink and how they do all of these things and realizing they're only here for a short while yeah <laughs> And then they're gone. Yeah. And I think I had seen them in the past and they're usually only June, July and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I had just kind of thought, oh, they went somewhere else. No, they died. <laughs> that's all they got. And yeah. having that renewed perspective really does make you appreciate Absolutely. them more. Well, listen, let's take a, a break. We, we have to listen to Firefly right yeah, here. Yeah, let's do it. So, all right. So listen, listen to Wildwood and Firefly right now. Too long 
Find it over at AnnBuckle.com and check out her website. She's got all of her music on there. She's got uh, videos. Uh, there's a way that you can actually uh, hire Ann to to 
to teach you, yeah. give you some instruction. And she's also available. Now you can teach online. I, I haven't seen this. Co, you can do co-writing sessions. Yeah. Do group songwriting sessions or even Q right here can write a custom song for you. So yeah. you head over to anbuckle.com. The information's right on there. So how do you find time to do all this? You're doing all the teaching and what, yeah. what's involved in that? Well, you know, the pandemic kind of hit and as everybody can probably imagine, live musicians had no work for a while. Being a musician in Nashville, a lot of times looks like a lot more than being a musician anyway. Some people, mm -hmm. you know, they're waitressing on the side or they're nannying on the side. And for me, I've always kind of been teaching on the side in person, doing some lessons here and there with kids. And then when the pandemic hit, absolutely no work was happening for me. Everything dried up. All my in-person gigs were mm -hmm. gone. All my touring was gone. Everything stopped, as you can imagine. And so I had to pivot and figure out how to pay my bills. And I um, had been doing songwriting sessions as part of Airbnb experiences. So mm -hmm. whenever people come to town they could book an experience with a local maybe it's a hike or maybe it's a cooking class and for me it was co-writing and they started doing airbnb online experiences in march of 2020 mm -hmm. and i jumped on it and i was one of the first songwriters on there and now here we are a year and a half later and i've probably written 350 songs with people all across the wow. world online <laughs> over the last year and a half and one thing it morphed into was writing um songs for teams and doing team building. So I've worked with uh, groups like HCA here locally in person. I've worked with Salesforce, hmm. Accenture, Match.com, Wounded Warrior Project, wow. and even an embassy. I got to work with the embassy in Bogota, Colombia, which was really cool. So that's been one of my kind of newfound passions is working with a group of 10 to 30 or more people to help them collectively write a song in usually about an hour. Yeah. Um, so that's been my my work the last year and a half and now I'm kind of getting back into more shows I mentioned I was at the Bluebird yeah. Sunday I've got a show next week so I'm kind of balancing now all these new types of work that sure. I've gotten into and I, I was so glad that when Bluebird reopened oh yeah you know, after too. all of this mess because I think people really enjoy that. Oh, it's such and a magical so, place. Yeah, totally. And you know what, for me, when I first moved here, it was my dream to play there. And I, I'm lucky enough now to kind of be one of their regulars that they have in for their writer's nights. And every time I go, I'm re-inspired. And I'm just re-hit with that magic sure. of that space. And I think I we should it. create it uh, up here in Hendersonville. And we can call it Wildwood. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you got the bluebird, now we got wildwood. Wildwood, yeah. That, yeah Why that, not? That would be so cool. You're involved in a lot of things, and you're this organization, Three Chords. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a nonprofit, and it's aimed for helping refugee uh, youth share their stories through original songs in hope of, you know, fostering some global understanding and respect. So, what's that? How did that all come about? And tell us about that. Yeah, in um, 2016, I went to this conference and heard about the international refugee crisis, and I never really knew much about it. I think I had heard the word refugee, but wasn't familiar with what that situation looked like. And they shared a stat that one in every 114 people in the world is currently a refugee fleeing their country for some kind of persecution, whether that's religious or political or other. It just really struck me. And I even thought about my own network of friends, you know, my, my Facebook friends or however many thousands of people, you know, that I kind of know personally and thinking, wow, if I apply that stat, that means a good handful of people I know would be refugees. And we're so fortunate in, you know, this town, in this country 
country to live in a place where we have freedom of religion and expression and political views, but not everyone has that. And thinking about having to, you know, move from your country to a new place and learn a new language and a new culture just really made me want to do something for those people that are moving here on, mm-hmm. you know, not really wanting to, but because they have to. Sure. And so I um, had the idea to volunteer with the organization and just kind of help out however I could. And I started working with World Relief and doing English tutoring. And then I thought I could do more. Well, what could I do? I love songwriting. For me, songwriting is a way to express myself and to get out my feelings, to work through my emotions. And I thought I'm going to teach songwriting to some people. And then it kind of turned into working with uh, teenagers, especially because I just have such a heart for people of that age who are trying to figure it out and make sure that they feel like they have a community. And I started a nonprofit that works with refugee teens here in Nashville and teaches them songwriting and guitar playing and helps them to tell their stories. And we put out an album a couple of years ago with seven or eight of the songs by the students and sung by them. And a lot of the local musicians here in Nashville came together and played for free on the record. And yeah, so you can hear that at three, the number three chords.org. And the name Three Chords, as you probably guessed, Harlan Howard had said, all three it chords. takes is three chords and the baby. truth to write a song. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to inspire these kids with is just learn a couple of chords on this mm-hmm. guitar and tell your story in this native language of Nashville, which is songwriting. And, you know, it's such a, a great title. And I, I love that because I, I remember, you know, learning guitar and I probably just still only know three chords. <laughs> But in country music, that's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. Get <laughs> but, that one, I mean, four, I, and five chords, you're good. The, the hardest chord for me to learn way back was F. Oh, F not, is horrible. Oh, it killed it's me. It's still then, hard. Of course, you have to build up the calluses. So You do. And and that's, that was uh, brutal for me, but uh, I, I have a lot more to learn. So. Yes, me too. Me too. <laughs> So what's coming up next for you? Releasing The Wild Side. Like I mentioned, you guys have that um, to, to look forward to in, in the next year. And um, hopefully the first single will drop very early January. Yeah. Um, so head over to Spotify, head all the platforms. All the and, platforms. And, and if you want to just find me on social media, She is Wildwood. Everything links out and you can find all the different links that way. Hey, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's all right there for you. And then, of course, the website, annbuckle.com. You can see the videos. Her store is in there. She's got a blog and uh, how to <laughs> hire her and subscribe to that. Uh, she would love to, to have you do that and keep up with her because she's got some great things coming up. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's been an honor. I totally appreciate you coming over here and, and hanging with us a little bit and hope to talk to you more. Yes. And let me know when you got new stuff coming out. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I, I love coming up here. All right. That's going to do it for this segment. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome into Summer County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon here for this Sunday morning's edition of the Spotlight. Uh, we got a guest in the uh, studio right now, and this is Rob Arthur. Now, Rob is a resident here in Hendersonville, and for the past 16 years of his amazing life, he's been touring with Peter Frampton as the music director for the for the crew. And it's like, how did I not know you until now? I don't know. I mean, I think I told your uh, one of your. Uh, partners here that he he thought I said 
every time I come here to the station, okay. nobody's here. And what I said was, <laughs> no, I've meant to come here many times. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, I finally stopped in the other day and we, we well, set this up, which I is mean, great. It's, it's, it's so cool about this. And this is what a lot of people don't realize that especially how special Hendersonville is. Yeah. And, and most people know some history from the past with Johnny and Conway and, mm-hmm. you know, right. uh, everybody else that, right. you know, the Everly brothers were here. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. it just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And Dylan hung out here, and Elvis hung out on the lake. I mean, the lake is the drawing point. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. Man-made. But it, it's just so cool to when you just meet people, mm-hmm. or you pass somebody on the street and not recognize them, which I guess could be a good thing in, in some cases. Like, well, if Peter Frampton was walking through Kroger, yeah. I mean, it's like. Well, it kind of looks like somebody. <laughs> Could be. Could be him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you know, back in the day when Kelly Clarkson lived here, I mean, she would go into places, and, of course, it, you get Kelly with no makeup and put a ball cap and sweats on, you're not going to recognize her. Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she had fun. I mean, it was, you know, nice community. You're not going to be bothered here. You're right. not going to be having the paparazzi. You're not going to have all of that. But yeah. uh, So, listen, kick it off. To, to let everybody know who you are, what your background is, how you got to where you are right now. How I got here? Um, uh, well, long journey. I'm going to go in reverse order because you just mentioned Frampton. Because Mm -hmm. so we just finished with Peter. We finished his finale tour of the U.S. So in other words, we played all big venues, including Madison Square Garden, the Mm -hmm. Forum, etc. And uh, we were just finishing up the American leg of the tour when the pandemic hit. So we were planning on going to Europe. We had we're scheduled to play Royal Albert Hall or we're scheduled to go to Brazil, you know, South America. So we're still kind of waiting to see when that's going to happen. The international travel is a little trickier still with the new COVID regulations and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at with that. So it's kind of on hold. And before that, I, you know, I, I, everything progressed to that point. I was in a band called Five for Fighting before that, which was had a hit called 100 Years. And we played all the TV shows. And we, we play that here. Play that song? Yeah, yes. Sure you do. Yes. It's a great song. Yeah. So that was a fun band to be in. I was in that band for about three years. Before that, I was a New York kind of session guy for hire and uh, played with different people like Joan Osborne and uh, people from the B-52s, all kinds of folks. And I did a lot of work with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as as a music director for some of their spring galas and different events for them behind all kinds of different artists. You name it. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, look here. You got uh, Tone Loke. Mm-hmm. He was one of them. That was you smiled. You must have had fun doing that one. <laughs> He's a, a goofy guy, as you could expect. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that was know? that was pretty yeah. cool. But the folks you've worked with, I mean, Roger Daltrey. Yeah, that's well, crazy. What happens in in classic rock is a lot of us. You know, first of all, there's not a ton of classic rock artists still doing it. Mm-hmm. So then us guys who support them, like I'm the, I'm a keyboard player, guitarist, we all know each other. Well, the guy, you know, I've subbed for different people and that's what happens. You know, yeah. I'll get a call, hey, can you play Roger Daltrey this weekend? You know, a couple different shows. Mm-hmm. So I did, I've done that plenty with lots of different people, you know, Don Felder, all kinds of folks, you know. Were you with Letterman, did, did some stuff with Letterman? No, well, uh-huh. I... Not with Letterman. I know one of my dearest friends is Will Lee, who was the that, David Letterman bass right. player. And then I've worked quite a bit with Paul Schaefer, too, and uh, just know all those guys very well, you know. Paul, just he, he seems like a character. He's awesome person. Incredible. And, and, you know, and when you watched him on the show, yeah. it was like, that guy's kind of 
kind of out there. He's like, yeah, he's goofy. <laughs> he's goofy. <laughs> but I mean, he so he led that band. But did all I think that. the best band leader I've ever worked for is Paul Schaefer. He he's just he has a shorthand with music and and also communicating to people mm-hmm. that that I've never seen that good i yeah. would love to be that good he, yeah. he's it's remarkable to watch him it's a cool combo of mm-hmm. kind of savant music knowledge with incredible people skills so he yeah. can it just gets everybody together on the same page in two seconds yeah he's great at that you know? well and, and you talked about doing some movie stuff yeah and filming and things of, of that nature and i guess as a director you got to have some of those skills to be able to relate to people and get them to do what you need them to do yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i've yeah my my films thing has grown out of my touring because i i decided to get some visuals going while i was on the road Mm -hmm. and i started working on a project that was kind of a setup you know i was my ultimate goal was for netflix i was i thought hey why don't i show what it's like to be on the road and i just started acquiring all the movie equipment and knowledge and Mm -hmm. that's developed now into this thing where Mm just gotten huge you know i've done a, a bunch of videos and during covid i did five doobie brothers videos as director mm-hmm. a couple dave mason videos all of peter frampton's videos so it's just kind of crazy how this multimedia thing is starting <laughs> yeah. to grab on you know well you stay got to keep busy doing you something. do but i gotta you tell do. you you know doing a music videos and I, I watched some of your videos that you that you did now were you doing multi-camera or just you it's just me See, so that's, a, that's even more impressive. Yeah. yeah. So I storyboard everything, and I just kind of, you know, yeah. set it up as a story, you know, one shot at a time. So do you just, like, all of a sudden get a vision of how you want to do it? Because, you know, there's some music videos that are just really out there. And it's, yeah. What are they trying to say here? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on what we were going for. For one of them that's not out, not even out yet is I did Long Train Running for the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they have, God, it seems like they have 18 guys in their band, right? So I just, I said, okay, look, guys. And this was all shot during covid so i said how are we going to get all these guys on this little screen you know so i i made them all get a green screen setup okay so i could isolate just them yeah and therefore i could put them all on this pretend stage yeah. well then the pretend stage became a train station because that's the theme of the song oh yeah we talked about what could you know it, it's just you, you get these narratives in there oh, yeah. you know for music yeah. videos and then the, the artist's decide whether they're comfortable doing narrative or just kind of i just want to look cool mm-hmm. and singing you know yeah so. well you know back in the day when you know music videos started yeah and you had your mtv and all of that right. it was uh, it, it's, it's funny when you look back on some of those you mm-hmm. go whoa those are cheesy <laughs> really dumb <laughs> and then, yeah you got to be careful now if you're yeah, going to get totally. off the performance narrative you know like if you're going to tell a story you better be pretty cool about it yeah. I, the one i really do love and, and so proud of is frampton we did one called reckoner and it's an instrumental song mm-hmm. but it's high concept it's yeah. not a it's not just him playing guitar there's there's a whole story that unveils and it, it was really fun to do and i'm i think it came off really well you yeah know? did you utilize black and white too i thought thought i saw some sure. black and white oh, going yeah. on that's oh, cool yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, a year or so ago, uh, Disturbed, the group Disturbed. Yes. And look, they came out with Sound of Silence. This probably go back 2016. But you you have to pull that up. It, I, the the yeah. video is surreal. It's all black and white. I've seen that, yeah. Dark, yeah. you know. and mm-hmm. But, you know, David's vocals are just make you just sit there and want to look at this. Yeah. But the video in the background mm-hmm. was amazing how they, they were put all that together. It's, it's a small film if you want to go that way yeah, you, it, and, really and is. It, it can be a 
a short film, and it know? takes a lot of work. Still, it's it's just as much work as doing a film. Well, a lot of people say, well, you know, you just shot it. You're out there. It's post. When you go <sighs> into editing, that's where the magic happens. You know, a lot of people sit there and look at it and go, well, you put all these things together, and then you make it into this amazing piece of work. Crazy. Uh, but I, I go with the old school though of like like I study filmmakers because that's you know like as a musician, it's like okay, I'm bored with studying musicians <laughs> now, so yeah, I yeah. I read about Francis Ford Coppola. I read about the Coen Brothers, and so I kind of subscribe to their some of those philosophies of you should just plan it all out storyboard the whole thing and then just execute the shooting yeah, yeah. so in other words you have to have the vision first post you can't just fix it in post really you have to know where you're going you know yeah. so, so I try to have that vision in the beginning you know for yeah these videos. Oh, totally I mean you, I think you have to it's like yeah. you can't just go and shoot by the seat no, of your pants I mean it's, it's just, just gotta, a waste gotta of feel time it. Yeah, yeah totally yeah, yeah. Now, you've also released some projects of your own. Mm -hmm. And did, did I see a Christmas project uh, yeah. a few years ago? Yeah, I've done, gosh, well, there's been kind of no angle of the entertainment business that I have not <laughs> been involved. You know, so a project I had when I lived in, I grew up in Minneapolis. And when, before I left to, for New York, I started on this project called Lifescapes, which was lifestyle records. In mm -hmm. other words, you, you know, you'd see them at Target. It'd be like, cocktail party. Oh, cool. You know, it's so like music to have cocktails for mm -hmm. or yeah. Christmas Christmas flute Christmas harp you know we did <laughs> I did about 35 to 40 of these records mm -hmm. where I wrote and produced these records now I have just a ton of this music that's that I own that I we released back then Love it. and reverted back to me so mm -hmm. So yeah, I've got a lot of lot of stuff in the archives. <laughs> well, I guess you got to have that. Now, what's the, your recent uh, project? The most recent one. Most recent is my nephew Tim Larock who's uh, 21 years old, and uh, I think he's an amazing songwriter. He's going to be doing this for the rest of his life, and I just want to help him now mm -hmm. kind of jumpstart what he's doing and make it, give him a shot to have a major release right now. So I'll, I'm kind of mixing this. It should be mixed by the first of the year, and okay. I'm really excited about Tim. And, and what's we, we recorded he... it at, at Frampton Studio. Okay. We've got incredible, you know, my friend Will Lee's on bass. we got uh, Chuck Ainley Engineering, who's Mark Knopfler's engineer. Yeah. We went all out, so we're going to go for this, you know. So now where, is he based here in Tennessee? You know? No, he lives in Florida. Okay. And um, yeah, he's he's just, he's a wonderkind, you know? He, he's really good. I believe in him. And, and I don't say that lightly because so, I don't have the time to waste on just, <laughs> just because I love the kid. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Totally. <laughs> it doesn't mean I've got to produce your yeah. record. But technology is so amazing now. Yeah. I mean, you can record that down here and shoot it up to you. Yeah. And then you can you can master it and get it going, right? Well, we recorded it yeah. all here in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. He, he flew up with his dad and we did it and uh, it's great it's really cool what genre is he he's like a he's a complete Beatle freak and he he knows classic rock his dad was a good teacher taught him the real music right yeah, he taught right. him so he's he's beatly he's got a little bit of paul simon in there he's got some amazing influences that you don't usually hear in a young person so it's the 21 year old spin on cat stevens ish kind yeah. of stuff it's beautiful music wow i'm really excited for people to hear yeah. it. it's gonna be cool the way that business is being done here recently as opposed to the past mm -hmm. you know where you you try to get a, a label to sign you yeah and then things start happening from there it's like total opposite yeah now. i mean yeah you're, you're creating your own stuff and 
and you send it out there and yeah that's exactly true i I would say taylor swift is your example right there her dad without her dad we would not know her she exists and you know know, back in the day you know when i first heard that you know taylor was taking control of of her career Mm -hmm. and what she was doing as scott was a big part of that Mm -hmm. i mean he he had to be there and work with her on that and and then look at what's happened here recently she got her whole catalog back mm-hmm. and now she's re-recording it the way that she wants to do cool. it. I mean, and I think that's going to be a thing. Rihanna's jumping on board. She's she's looking at doing that. Sure. And a lot of people are, are, are taking that on. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Of course. Yeah, it's kind of turning around it, it, mm-hmm. where the artists artists are learning how to take control of mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. you know whereas before they never had to worry about it right. or you know they they didn't worry about it let's put yeah. it that way yeah. and they got taken <laughs> taken yeah. for it but well yeah because you had all these people running your yeah your career yeah you got to run your own career and keep a, keep a hold of it because that's how it and is. that that's where education comes in agreed i yeah. mean i i would say like for me uh i went to music school and if i had to do it again i would have gone to business school because i knew i was going to learn the damn music you yeah, know what you i mean know it. and well, and you know <laughs> it's I, like i needed to learn the business more than anything totally you know? and I, I have always said that you know if you can write a pretty song. You can you yeah. can sing it. You got a great voice. You're a great right. musician. Learn the business. Right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to get eaten up by the sharks because they're right. out there. So yeah, it's, and I see this as a producer too. And I like young artists. They get all excited because it's so much fun to be in the studio. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh my god, you know, everybody's playing my song, and for weeks and weeks we're perfecting it, and I I have final say because I'm the writer. And then now when that's done. It's like, well, guess what? Now you're running for office, basically. You got to go out there and sell this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not fun. That's the not fun part. And everybody wants to come back to the studio. Can we just do it more studio? It's like, no, you have to go selling now. This is what you got to do. Yeah, now now the hard part begins. That other stuff was easy. So, hey, listen, let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back on the other side. We're talking with Rob Arthur. He's the music director for Peter Frampton. Uh, Gosh, for the past 16 years. That seems like forever, but it's probably flown by. Totally. Totally. So we'll be right back to talk to Rob with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon on this uh, Sunday. You know, it's uh, always good to have you along here and spending some time with us, but I want to let you know that this broadcast will also be on our podcast page starting on Mondays, and you just go to WHIN Radio, and uh, you'll look at the podcast tab. Go down to Sumner County Spotlight. There it'll be right there on top. So we appreciate you checking that out and let your friends know. So we're going to continue our talk with Rob Arthur. Now, he is the music director, band leader for, gosh, the past 16 years for Peter Frampton. That's right. And you're only 29. How do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been with him since I was 12 years old. Yes. No, 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 no. Thank you for the compliment. He's he's saying I look young. You can't tell on radio, but. um, But no, you really do. I am kind of attractive, I will say. really are <laughs> in a non uh, never mind hey, anyway yeah. uh, i love your website thank you and you let everybody know what the website is robarthur.com pretty, pretty easy. easy to remember yeah spelled you know like you you would imagine yeah. yeah and i've got all my multimedia on there i've got there's videos on there there's art there's yeah. all my music there's a little bit of storytelling there's you know my wife and i have a label so you can you, there's all kinds of you got merch on there stuff. Too? there's merch on there oh, there's right. everything. yeah go out and get it yeah so 
Well, you, you spoke about art. So yeah. now you are amazing at doing the watercolors. And when you well, go on the you. site, folks, I'm, you've got to check this out and check out the Beatles stuff. I mean, I, I was blown away. Well, thank you, you very much. you got great hands. Thank you very much. <laughs> the quick quick version of the story was I, I loved drawing and I loved art class and I also liked band. And in high school, they, they only let you take one art elective so i had to choose my passion which was music but mm. later in life i realized wait i can i can still go back and learn this stuff so i taught myself and went into book reading and started with the basics of drawing etc and landed on watercolors and a lot of people are impressed with that but for me it was a it was just a necessity because I traveled all the time mm -hmm. and I needed something small that would pack up and it would dry quickly. So that was it. You can kind of take a little watercolor block in your backpack and a little, little few colors and you're ready to go. So, so did you find yourself being inspired by a certain thing or people or landscapes or? Well, I generally do portraiture and landscapes. Okay. And I, I don't know. That's just what I was drawn to. So, uh, you know, I love my heroes and I, and I wanted to learn how to render a face accurately as a, as a drawing, just, you know, the basis. But then I also love traveling because that's what I've done my whole life. So sure. if I find a place, I want to be able to sit down with a pad and just draw what I'm seeing, you know, yeah. and paint what I'm seeing. So I did a lot of that on plain art they call it and uh you know well it's funny that you say because uh william lee golden with the old bridge i love him man william let me tell you his landscapes great, are fascinating and he's if you great. go into his house he's got them up and they're like he has been everywhere and these guys tour and they have the luxury of stopping yeah and he could just grab these landscape shots mm -hmm. and and it's just tremendous and another way to relieve you know some of the touring stress when you're out take a little relax you know capture some things and, well i'd say you know let's say you're let's say you're work for national geographic Mm -hmm. You have to have a passion for just being out in the wild and yeah. you know hiking, right? So mm -hmm. therefore, you might as well grab a camera while you're at it and yeah. let's bring it home. <laughs> so I think it's it's a little bit of both. And we yeah. love being on the road. We love seeing new new towns and meet new people. And yeah, let's capture that. You know, yeah, absolutely I feel the same way. Well, you know, Marty Stewart is another one, yeah. and he he does a, a lot of photography, but he is. His book is fascinating because mm. he has, you know, obviously being in a position he is and kind of like you, where you're behind the scenes here. You can mm -hmm. capture these artists yeah. in a way that nobody else can see. You can't have a photographer coming in right. and do it because it's not real. But right. if you're there and you see the the moment happening, you can capture that. I mean, it, it was a very fascinating look into this plus it's black and white so that gives that mm -hmm. that kind of artsy feel to true. it anyway yeah true so rob on your watercolor in your in your painting mm -hmm. you actually have some on display here in hendersonville i do yeah well moby dickies so um i became friends with dickie moran as we all are mm -hmm. most of us know yeah. him he's a wonderful guy great restaurant and uh but uh with the tragic loss of officer bristol a couple of years ago um Dickie's oldest son, JR, is also on the force here at Hendersonville mm -hmm. Police. And uh, so he asked me to do a portrait of Officer Bristol that would be hanging in Moby Dickie's. And it's, it is. Yeah. The original is hanging right near the, the door of their restaurant. And uh, I'm just so proud to have done that, to have been asked wow. to do it. And if you look at it, you see the love in that painting. I, I want everybody to go look at that and yeah. remember him. And Dickie's got a couple other of my paintings in, the, really? in, the, in okay. there, the Beatles. All the Beatles are in there, and there's a Frampton portrait of mine in there nice. too. And I did, and I did the menu. So I guess you could say I frequent Moby Dickies a little bit. I did the menu as well. So that is so. But exciting. please go check out the the Officer Bristol painting. I'm I'm so proud of that. It's one of my favorites that I've ever done, and uh, means a lot to me. 
Well, Peter Frampton, my boss, he and I have started a little film company because of his trust in me. In other words, Good. I'm there. We're, we're buddies, mm -hmm. right? And he doesn't have to put on an act. He doesn't have to get used to some guy who's saying the wrong things and right. asking him stupid questions about what <laughs> happened. You know, what happens? You, you don't look like whatever. Yeah. We're, we're all way past that. So yeah. he's... He likes how he appears when I film him, for example, because mm -hmm. he's just being himself and he's comfortable around me. So that that started the basis of our entire thing. Yeah, you know? I guess with the, some of the projects you're doing, it's more like the music video kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, documentary in the future? Yeah, well, that's one of the things we're talking about with Peter. Um, mm -hmm. I won't give it, get into it too heavily, but yes, we're poised okay. to do a documentary. But what a great history! I mean, gosh, I mean, it's amazing. There's tons of video of him over the years, oh, yeah. even before you came on board. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that you can incorporate. But uh, but what a, a great career and the fact that he's right here in Middle Tennessee now. He is. Yeah. yeah. He lives in Nashville. And uh, yeah, it's great. I, I'm going to see him next week. And, you know, we talk all the time on the phone. It's He's been an incredible... I, I feel like I'm I'm getting paid to say this, but he's just an incredible <laughs> boss. He's an incredible boss, and I, I would consider him such a dear friend at this point because we're very like-minded as far mm -hmm. as we want the art to be the best it can be. We're both just dedicated to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about having fun and just partying, right? None of sure. that. We're in it for like, let's, let's make the best music we can. So now, are, are you guys, you're managing yourself or does he have a manager? Peter has management. Yeah, so we oh, have, yeah. have management and booking agents, so yes. they, they take care of all of that. Yes. Uh, but yes. You, you don't foresee a... a, a new tour coming up anytime well, I soon. Think it's, I think it's the plan okay. is to at least finish up the finale tour. And don't quote me on this. I think that's the plan, though. Yeah. To, and the, the initial plan before COVID hit was uh, Europe and South America. And then who knows? I hear Peter's playing right now and he's not diminished one bit. So yeah. I don't see yeah. how he could sit at home. Yeah, that's, so, my, that's my prediction. So how, how big is your, your group on the road? It's five piece, you know, including Peter. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's great. Great band. He he finds the best musicians. I'm going to tell a quick story okay, about that. Yeah, yeah. I was in line at a Starbucks, and I look behind me, and I see John Waite, the okay. singer from yeah. the Babies, a great singer. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's John Waite. And I'm kind of sitting there. Get <laughs> order my coffee. I go sit down, and he, he, he orders his coffee, and he comes over to me, and he goes, who are you? He, you know, I, I guess I look like a musician, Dang, right? That's good. I never met him. He goes, who are you? And I said, Did you have your sunglasses on inside? I don't inside? know. I must have looked. <laughs> I, I qualified for the musician look. And I said, well, I'm, I'm playing with Peter Frampton. I'm his, his music director. And he, says, he says, oh, you must be great then. He hadn't even met me. But, wow. but because of Frampton's reputation. Yes. He knows that Peter has only good players, and that says a lot for Peter, not for me. You yeah. know, it's just the, the reputation out there. Is, yeah, he's got the best guys. So, so we the, have an incredible band. So the, the current band right now has been there quite some time. Yeah, the the main three of us have been there over a decade. Mm -hmm. You know, see, this, I always wondered this. You know, as the the historic icons of our time. Mm -hmm. Don't really release singles or coming out. Maybe what, what's they up do. with that? I mean, it's, they it, do. It's just I mean, the, the platforms aren't there anymore. And one one example I always tell people is uh, name me the last Eric Clapton single that was on the radio. Yeah. What is it? Change the world? Maybe. Yeah. And it was that thirty years ago. Crazy. We're, but because, they're still playing it, and we we play them because, here. <laughs> so, but the, come on, that's not what happens anymore. I know. With with classic artists, so they yeah. do it themselves. We did four videos for his last record called "Frampton Forgets the Words," which is an <laughs> instrumental record, and we did four singles, big big videos, and he released them himself, and they're out there. You should go check them out. Okay, I see a big big project coming. Frampton raps. Frampton raps. <laughs> 
Um, Not going to happen. That would either be W R A P S. That would be at the end of the finale tour. Yeah, that, that would be the only way I could see oh that. Oh my happening. gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, it, there's so much talent that, that's out there. And with, we always say this, you know, as you get older, you go, music's just not the same because we're playing hits here from. Mm-hmm. The late 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see the change in the style of music. You know, the 50s, the 60s, you see yeah. that change in that field you mm-hmm. have in music. And today's music, totally on the opposite spectrum. You know, even with country music, it's totally, people yeah. say, that's not country. But well, that's change, you know. That's it's what the happens. Evol- evolution of country, apparently, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it all. I mean, Keith Urban Keith is very techno. Totally. But, yeah. man, his songs are still great, and he plays great guitar, and I love his mm-hmm. everything about him. He just has that, that vibe when he gets up there. You just want to look at him. He's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, do I have a problem with with technology never you Mm -hmm. know you know we have our favorite stuff and i you know generally you like the music you listen to when you were 13 Mm -hmm. that's your favorite music so whatever happens you know there's kids now that are 13 and love this yeah and they'll love this forever yeah like like we did but what i really like you know it's like my son he's 14 and he'll he'll listen to a song that was you know from the 70s mm-hmm. and you go wow that's a great song yes hello yeah I mean, <laughs> well that's like my, my nephew tim who's 21 he he i'm brought you know he's the kid who his dad taught him all these old songs and he learned them all and realized yeah there's a lot going on here you know yeah. it's it's encouraging to see that with young people you know yeah. when they appreciate we know it's good we know elton john's music is great mm-hmm. so we hope they pick up on that. Yeah, you know? I mean, totally. You know, how the things evolve over the years is, is exciting, I guess, but some people don't like change, but mm-hmm. change could be good. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, you have to evolve, you know. From the artist perspective, me, I would say, I would love for things to keep moving forward. I don't want to just keep making that same yeah. record that I made when I was 20. Well, you know? I mean, with technology now, it's so far advanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I think if people looked at our studio here, the, what we've just installed here in our, our new console, compared to what it was back in the day yeah. when you had, you know, vinyl to spin and you had these like eight track cartridges kind of things, you had to yeah. plug in, everything is recorded on that. And looking at where we're at today, it's like, okay, this is a good thing you know of course it is we were talking about photography earlier yeah. you know you know having to develop your own film can you can't even imagine doing that now that's just to me is a waste of time you but know? see now i can say oh i forgot my film <laughs> <laughs> or the film what's that yeah, exactly. oh that's the stuff on your teeth in the morning yeah, right? right okay that's different yeah we're making a record remember what remember record <laughs> yeah. yeah same well, thing that's what they're saying it and they, when they say it now it's just weird to say a, a record really yeah. <laughs> you're doing that but actually the word record i gotta i gotta point out record is actually just the term of we're recording a moment in time it's a record that's of right where i'm Good at point. so it's not literally the vinyl not yeah that's so, right there you go okay here's one for you okay on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? How weird am I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd love to be up there, but I because I try. I try to stay silly. So I'm gonna. But I'm gonna say how weird am I? I'm gonna say six or seven because I think I'm normal. You know. But yeah. people. Some people think I'm a little quirky. Yeah. You know. Well, I keep saying, yeah, how are you doing today? I said, well, I'm special. <laughs> uh, yeah, special in different ways. Special. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what are you not very good at? What am I not very good at? Remembering names. Oh, that's really me. bad I'm, at that. I'm with you. Really bad at that. All right. And especially as I get older, it's I, I, I remembering the English language is now a new <laughs> one for me. Your, or your brain lapses all yeah. of a sudden it just goes away. There's yeah. nothing there. You know, exactly. I run into that. But that's the great thing about editing. We can we can piece that together. That's right. All right, I got to come up with a good one here. So, okay. um, 
All right, here's one. So, so, all right, Rob, here, a great question for you. What do you wish you hadn't known when you were 20? Um, well, I mentioned business. I, I could, I wish I was a better businessman, but I think the biggest thing I w- wish I knew was do unto others. It, I don't think I treated people poorly, but I think I took people for granted maybe mm. more than I do now. I try to give a little more back and listen a lot more. I wish I was better at that. Well, see, when then. you live in Middle Tennessee, that giving and helping thing yeah. just kind of rubs off on you. <laughs> you know, we, we become volunteers. It's, we, it's we a volunteer. Help people out. It, it totally right. is. I volunteer. What would you change about yourself? Now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> weight, my weight, <laughs> always. Um, but not that I'm heavy. I just, I'm critical of that, of course. But, um, what would I change about myself? I wish I had more time for my friends and I had more time for, to talk to family. I wish I put more time into that. Well, I mean, when you're touring, it's kind of hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Can be. Yeah. So who do you think has been the most uh, influential resource in your career? The most influential resource? Or person. Okay, I'm going to say two. And one of them is definitely Peter Frampton, who brought me to a a playing field that I never imagined Mm. achieving in so many ways. Kind of goes without saying. When you you tour with a guy like that, you meet Ringo Starr. You meet, you know, everybody. You know, we play with Clapton. The other one was uh, my band director, Mr. Peter. Peter Dahlstrom, when I was in high school, kind of taught me the ABCs of how to think about music, and okay. I've used that ever since. He was yeah. a great teacher. Well, and it's amazing how we remember our teachers. Mm-hmm. This is why they need to be paid more uh, than what they're doing. This is uh, crazy. No doubt. Now, and the impact that uh, teachers and coaches have had on people's whole entire lives is sure. amazing yeah yeah no there was i heard a, a comedian talking about why would anybody go into that business yeah. you know okay we, we're gonna pay you 15 dollars an, an a year okay <laughs> and you're gonna have to do it for we well, got to sign up for 30 years yeah okay sounds good i'll, yeah. I'll do that you know it's like it's crazy yeah but they you know obviously they're doing it because they they need to but you're right we need to treat our teachers way better yeah absolutely yeah. well in closing folks you need to head over to robarthur.com yes you do you ha- let me tell you you have to check out his watercolors <laughs> man i'm telling you i was so impressed with that i mean you said you, you drew but i looked at him and it's like it is so detailed you know watercolors are beautiful to look at anyway but you got to check out robarthur.com you can see uh, everything about him what he's doing yeah. uh, check out his merch and all of the the products and, and see what's going on in his life and so rob a- again Thanks for taking time to come visiting with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition. Uh, We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.